Vet bills can be expensive, but Spot Pet Insurance can give you up to 90% cash back on vet bills, so you can worry less about high vet bills. Yep, up to 90% cash back on vet bills for unexpected accidents, illness, and even routine care. And with Spot Pet Insurance plans, you can go to any vet you want in the U.S. or Canada. There's no network you need to stick to, so visit your favorite vet and you can save money on expensive vet bills. That's Spot Pet Insurance. It's no wonder Spot is America's favorite pet insurance. Visit SpotPet.com for a free quote today. For all terms, visit SpotPetIns.com sample-policy. Spot Pet Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produce Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. This is an independent ad from Spot Pet Insurance Services, LLC. You will drive yeah. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And Simu Liu will host the 2024 People's Choice Awards. Okay, but don't make him sing. But don't make him sing. Don't, don't make, make him, him sing. sing. I could sing one, I guess. Yes, I can. Oh, don't make me sing. I can't wait till he opens the show by listing off the 400,000 movie of the year nominations that they have because they have movie of the year. That's, <laughs> that's so 10. Funny. Action movie of the year. Oh, sorry. Eight, eight, movie eight. of the year, eight. Action movie of the year, eight movies. Comedy movie of the year, eight movies. And then drama movie of the year, eight movies. There are... Are there any movies that are unnominated by the People's Choice? Seriously. There are only a few overlaps. So that means that practically every movie was nominated for movie of the year. I mean, we've got Megan every, in here. <laughs> and Megan, in case you single. said, oh, there's no horror movie of the year. <laughs> Megan's in drama. <laughs> Number one comedy movie of the year, 80 for Brady. That is first on the list. I'm not saying they're in any specific order, but it just really kills me. Oh, they're in alphabetical, alphabetical. order. But it just kills me that... <laughs> It is first on their goddamn list as if I'm supposed to read 80 for Brady and then keep reading. Mm-hmm. Oh, 80 for Brady, anyone but you? <laughs> Asteroid City, comedy movie of the year, sure, sure, sure. Barbie, Cocaine Bear, No Hard Feelings, Wonka. Drama Wonka. movie of the year is hysterical. Insane. One, Creed, Creed three. three. Three, Five Nights at Freddy's. Three, Killers of the Flower Moon. Four, uh-huh. Leave the World Behind. Uh-huh. Five, Megan. Six, Oppenheimer. Seven, Oppenheimer. Scream Six. Scream and the six. Color Purple. Yes, the Scream Six sandwich where Oppenheimer and the Color Purple hug it. These these categories are so funny. And who better to announce them than Hollywood's number one ham, Simu Liu. And I'm not talking about John Ham. No. He's Hollywood's number two ham, actually. He's not even number one. It's such a relief that John Ham is a ham. What if he weren't Ugh, a ham? I know. That'd be a problem. It's like, would be depressing if it was somehow not a ham. But he's not Hollywood's number one ham. You, As you spoke, it's Simu Liu. It's Simu Liu. Who is definitely going to be singing his way through the 2024 People's Choice Awards, which will air on Peacock and E! and NBC February 18th. I don't Can't know. When I, when I think of the People's Choice Awards, I'm like, how does the People's Choice Awards exist in 2024? It's like... If, if we're having problems with like, okay, this is on regular television and this is on streaming, the People's Choice Awards air in a little picture-in-picture picture during an episode of Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> like, that's how you watch the People's Choice Awards. They air within the TikTok Drew Barrymore posted where she's <laughs> sobbing while watching uh, the, wedding the Wedding Singer, singer. on a, the tiniest TV you've ever seen. <laughs> 
that's where they're airing within that TikTok. It's like a portal, you know? What is the room that she's in? Shout out to Beck Shaw who posted that. But like, what is the... That is her house, right? I have no idea. Presumably. The TV is so far away. The TV is so small. It's on the smallest table. The wall is huge. It's not like there's nowhere for that TV to go if it would be bigger. She, it appears to be like she's in somebody else's place, like a hotel or a seemingly unfurnished space. But like, it's giving Sims, I just bought the house and can only afford TV (laughs) (laughs) and couch. I can't upgrade yet. I need to like rosebud my way into a nicer TV. It's just, it's crazy how small the TV is. Sims 4, the cheat code is mother load. So she needs to mother load her way into uh, a bigger TV. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm not updated on the correct cheat code. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hosted at the Barker Hangar in Santa Monica. I forgot it's in an airport hangar. Hasn't it been that way for a while now? I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about like just millennial things. It's like when you know the wrong, like you know the outdated cheat code for Sims and you don't know <laughs> the updated cheat code for Sims. Okay. What are you saying? It's in a, it's in an airport hangar? Yes. They've done this people's before. Choice. The People's Choice Awards are in an airport hangar, which is... Sick. Yeah. Simu's been living there for months now. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's play some comments. A lot of people called about this. You put an LOL in the doc, but like a lot of people had this thought. Well, I did fuck up her age, which I do think is fair. I did. I did kind of move the numbers around her age. Yeah. Yeah. That was my mistake. But I like, I actually like this comment, even though it's dark. Okay. Okay. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I had to pause the pod to say that um, Gypsy Rose was literally media trained by her mother, who she killed because she was like a fake make-a-wish child and like on the news because that was the scam. That was the crime that her mother was committing. Um, so it's got to be that. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Hate that this is like 100% correct and 400% depressing. Yeah. 500% depressing. She, she was media trained by proxy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not even what that means, well, but you get it. You get it. Great point. A lot of people said that. It's true. Okay, great. Next call. I didn't really know who else to call. I feel like it's worth mentioning, though, that Kelsey Handler is hosting the Critics' Choice Awards this week after Joe Coy just absolutely blew up on stage at the Golden Globes. Is that not funny to anyone else? The announcement was on December 13th that Chelsea would be hosting it. So it doesn't come right after, but it is still funny. I mean, it is funny because people made the joke like, why didn't she host them, the Golden Mm -hmm. Globes? (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, she had accepted a different offer from a different competing award show, the Critics' Choice Award. The Critics' Choice Award, which is different than the People's Choice Awards. These are the critics. These are the critics. They're not the people. They're very decidedly not the people. Mm-hmm. They're not the people. They're like, we are actually not the people. How many Best Movie nominations do they have? Oh, my God. Best Picture, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Best Picture ten. noms. No Megan, unfortunately. No Megan. No 80 for Brady. The critics said, sorry, but we will put Saltburn on our Best Picture list. Maestro is there for you. Maestro. Maestro. The Critics' Choice Awards are also the other... They're the other award show that's supposed to be like we're the fun one we're all having fun yeah 
the tagline for a long time was watch Hollywood make a scene. Oh, slay. I can't wait. So many nominations for air. So it used to be on VH1, (laughs) which is funny to me. (laughs) Oh, even better. Okay, great. So where is it airing this year? Do we even know? Is it even possible to watch it this year? They're going to be on the CW. Yeah. It'll be on the CW yeah. on January 14th <laughs> from 7 to 10 p.m. Okay. Love yeah, that. You can watch it this weekend on Sunday. Did I tell you? I've told you this story about when I was at VH1 and one of my jobs one day was to come up with a new tagline for like that year's Critics' Choice Awards. I feel like you've told me this, but maybe not the podcast. And they were like, yeah, for the past two years we've used Watch Hollywood Make a Scene, so we need something in that vein. So I like delivered like... You know, like a hundred possible taglines for the Critics' Choice Awards, and my boss was like, "We're just going to use Watch Hollywood Make a Scene again, thank you." <laughs> Which always. Wait, but happened. were there any good ones? I'm sure there were. Did you have any good ones? I'm sure there were good ones. Well, where are they? Don't make Where's me write a tagline. Don't make me write a tagline. <laughs> critics' Choice Awards. They're critics, and they're choosing. Ch- critics first. Choose. Choose us. Choose criticism. Even though I don't really um, pay attention to stand-up, and I don't really care about Chelsea Handler, I do have confidence in Chelsea Handler being a good award show host. I'm not like, I hope she doesn't flop. If anyone's going to do well at this, or at least do passably, Critical. it's Chelsea Choice Awards. It's it's Chelsea Chelsea Choice Awards. <laughs> it's Chelsea Handler. You can hear me still trying to think of a tagline for Critics' Choice Awards. Crikey, the critics are here. Critical. Critical? More like analytic. Um, no. I don't know why it has to rhyme. It could just be normal. It could be like critique this. Or The critics got it. Critics, mm, mm, I don't know. None of these are really hitting. I don't know. I don't know. I guess the original is the best. They're choosing to party. Something like that, you know? What? what? How did that? Oh, because they chose. Oh, yeah. oh, you're right. Choice. Maybe it made it about choice. You want to you have a tagline that differentiates it from a, a, a sort of anonymous awards body, right? Like a... Yes, of, yes, yes. Like a like yes, a Hollywood Foreign yes. Press or an Academy. It, it's a little more obscured. Choose to have fun. Choose movies. They chose to party. Their choice to party. You're still into the party thing. That like we're trying to we're trying to really push forward the fact that they're having fun at this award show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chelsea says, got a new Bruce Springsteen shirt, and I'm about to take it skiing because it's a blizzard. I'll see everyone Sunday on the CW Network where I'll be hosting this year's Critics' Choice Awards. I'll see everyone Sunday on the CW Network. I'll tell you one thing. You're not going to see everyone on the CW Network. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how am I supposed to watch the CW Network? Now I'm like, I don't. Well, first of all, I'm not going to be watching it. But I just how even would I watch the CW Network if I chose to watch the CW Network? You know? No idea. No idea. I'd, I call my parents and ask for their cable login, which I keep forgetting. No, I'll I'll tell you what the tagline could be. Just how to watch it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. A bulleted tagline that tells you how to watch the CW presents yeah. the Critics' Choice Awards. I'm sorry. If if the tagline of an award show was, it's easy to watch, I would be like, incredible. It's like, I'm tuning in. That's what the SAG Award should say. Literally open Netflix. It'll be right there. SAG Awards. You have Netflix, correct? (laughs) The Golden Globes tagline should have been, 
Consider Paramount Plus. <laughs> yeah, true. At least just for one night. A photo of Melissa Leo like leaning towards the camera like, have you subscribed to Paramount Plus? Hi, Who Weekly. Sorry to bother you with my second call over this past weekend. And you've probably gotten a zillion calls about this, but the re obvious reason that Miles Teller and Kelly Sperry have moved up the hierarchy of Taylor Swift friends is because Miles is a famous Philadelphia sports super fan, and through that, he has become good friends with Jason Kelsey. And so as a couple, they can liaise back and forth between the branches of the Kelsey family. Crunch, crunch, Leanne Cuisine. I didn't know that, so it's helpful for me to know. I mean, I just have never been more bored during, no offense to the caller, but that was the most boring call I've ever heard. <laughs> I, just... I heard Philadelphia fan, and I was like, oh, God. I just didn't know. I was. I have found myself wondering, and I didn't realize Miles Teller is like a big sports guy. I did see a really funny tweet that was like, it was a picture of Kelly Sperry like at the Golden Globes and was like, mm -hmm. this girl will break. Go for her. She will break. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, if there are any loose threads in the Taylor Swift kind of <laughs> vehicle, it is Kelly Sperry at this point. If you pull too hard on one of those threads, it will unspool. I do agree yeah. with that. She's yeah. the one. She said Melissa. She's the one. Obsessed um, with her. <laughs> Let's just move on to questions. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. So there is a trio of British actors that I am having trouble keeping straight. So I know their names. Harris Dickinson, Callum Turner, and George McKay. Okay. I know that Harris was an iron claw, and so that's helping me keep him separate and understand who he is. But they are all so interchangeable to me. Um, like, I keep thinking that Harris was in 1917, but it was the other one. Which other one? I can't remember. Um, so I don't know if there's, like, a way you can break down or maybe discuss these three gentlemen. Um, I feel like Harris has, has probably the most um, them potential out of all of them. But yeah, I would love if you could just discuss these similar um, British men. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. Bye. I do think the similar British men thing is like based on if you've seen something that you really liked where he, where they were a kind of a breakout and it takes mm -hmm. like one thing because for me Harris Dickinson also kind of was like a I don't know him and just a name until I saw a murder at the end of the world even though I had seen Triangle of Sadness and he was good in it it didn't he it didn't wasn't click. the standout for me or I didn't remember him from that or something mm -hmm. Like, I also saw Where the Crawdads Sing, and it wasn't him for me. He blends in with the other guy in that movie. Yeah. So it, it takes, I think, it, and it, that's, that's going to be subjective. That's going to be personal to you, right? Yeah. But you could argue that people saw Beach Rats and were like, oh, this is my guy. This oh, is I'll the guy. That. Like, he's iconic, right? Like, been saying his names. Me throughout Beach Rats, this is my guy. <laughs> this is my guy. But we were also... I was talking about this last night with my friend Lovia. We, I think, are in, and maybe it's just 
subjective because we're I'm paying attention or I don't think that's true we're in kind of a resurgence of new guys like there are lots of new guys out there all of a sudden yeah we've reached the end of a cycle and also specifically British guys every like 10 years not even every generation every seven to ten years there's a new revolving door of British guys specifically like Mm -hmm. like you think about the guy I was watching uh Ferrari which I keep bringing up Ferrari to you, but I really liked Fucking, it. But I know there's I know a guy in Ferrari, and I recognized him instantly. He's a he's a pretty major character in it. He's one of the drivers, and I was like, "Oh, that's that guy who everyone was trying to make happen like ten years ago." I cannot, for the life of me, remember his name because his name is a combination of all the different names that get combined when you're making a British guy. And then I looked it up afterwards, and it was Jack O'Connell. Remember Jack O'Connell? Who? No. They were definitely he was in Skins, but then he was in um, he was oh. in Unbroken, the Angelina Jolie still movie. No. And they were trying to make him I just, happen. I just looked him up and I said, Google him. Still, Doesn't his face no. remind you of one of those British guys who looks like all the mm-hmm. other like white mm-hmm. British guys who they're always trying to make happen? And they never stop acting, but they start doing different things. And I feel like mm-hmm. when you think when we're thinking about this list that we're about to go through, it reminds me of that that period where it was him and Richard Madden and Right. And interesting, he was in Lady Shatterley's Lover, which I did watch on Netflix and don't remember him at all. So right, mm-hmm. he didn't make and an Dan impact Stevens on me. almost. Like there was another no, era he's... of those British guys. Right. And you're saying Dan Stevens was from that era. Yeah. And he yes. broke through. And he broke through. Kind of. So we have all these new guys, a lot of white guys too, I'll say that. A lot mm-hmm. of them are white guys, which is is interesting. The Harris Dickinson, Caleb Turner, George McKay of it all, right? Mm-hmm. And it does seem like they all were somehow in a war movie at first. Like they all were either in like the the movie with Harry Styles. What's that one called? My Come Policeman. On. Oh, 1970. No. Oh, Dunkirk. They, no, I he was Dunkirk. in Dunkirk. Yeah, there's oh. a lot of Dunkirkian oh. guys that are now like coming to their oh. getting their own things. Don't mm-hmm. you think Dunkirk? It feels very Dunkirkian. Oh, Dunkirk was all guys. All those guys it were was in it. All guys. It was they all were guys. All in that. Who was and the other guy? And you were kind of like, who are these guys? Finn, Wol- Finn Wolfhard. Like, no, no, Finn Whitehead. Uh, thank who, who is not the same as Finn Wittrock. They're all. There's so many of them. There are so many of those guys. And I think Finn Wittrock is one of the ones who I think of when I think of Jack O'Connell. And he was also in Unbroken. Oh, my God. These guys, they're everywhere. Every micro generation gets the white British guys they deserve, you know? It's so true. And and it's just how it's just who can who can hold on the longest? It's really giving American Ninja Warrior that game, that (laughs) game show. And they're all holding on to some like in my mind, it's just like a pole over a uh, one of those uh, foam pits, you oh know. Oh my god, Jack Loudon was in fantasy. Dunkirk. I totally <laughs> forgot. Oh, don't my. get started on Jack Loudon. He's another one that you have. He's my number one. Been guy. personally obsessed with for a while. Is he your number one guy? Barry Keoghan was in Dunkirk. I forgot all of these things. Oh, didn't he die? So, is there anything we actually want to pull out from this? I'm like, we could just tell you who each of these got, but it's kind of like. Um, Okay, Harris Dickinson, I feel like you guys know already at this point because he is his name is being put alongside now the Alordi, the Barry. The name on everybody's the, lips is going to be right. Harris Dickinson. I, and I do uh-huh. think Harris Dickinson will be in the space that the the those guys are in now. Like he'll make something this year that will be like Golden Globe Oscar-y next year. 
in my in my mind, I think. Well, he was just in the Iron Claw, which is already Oscar-y. But I'm just saying that's not getting him any... He's not getting oh, yeah, the standout attention the of that. No You're one's right. saying right. like, oh, have you seen Harris Dickinson in that? It's like, he's in that? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's good in that. I'm just saying if anyone's going to get anything from that movie, it's Zac Efron. And he's not yeah. going to get anything. Yeah. I think he's So, gonna. well, he might. But you know what I mean. I know yeah. you love that movie. But I do think that like how we're talking about Austin Butler, et cetera, this year will be Harris Dickinson next year. Yes. But the three that this person brought up all of them, Caleb Turner, Harris Dickinson, and George McKay, mm. all of them are in buzzy to differing degrees 2023 movies. Harris Dickinson, like we said, The Iron Claw, Callum Turner, Callum's who's in the in boys, boy in the boat, boy, the boys in, in the boat, the, boats. the Huey George Clooney movie that everyone's dad apparently likes, but no one who doesn't have children over the age of 25 cares about. <laughs> My dad saw it and was like, why did I see this? And then George McKay actually isn't in anything that people are really talking about. He's in he's in Femme, which is being talked about in Britain. Mm, because it no got BAFTA. It got BAFTA nominations. But that hasn't really made its way over here. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I don't know. What else is there to say about these people? They, they're kind of interchangeable. But also the main thing I think about when I think of British guys is which one of them is going to be Bond. It seems like every British guy is oh just God. sort of biding their time until one of them becomes Bond. I'm sick of this. We need a Bond. Bond might not even be a British guy. You're 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 assuming they're going to go for somebody who's actually British. You, they could go for anyone. He could be Australian. So are all the betting sites. I went to the betting sites. And the betting sites are picking Brits. I'm just saying, you never know. You never know. I love this. He was interviewed by People, Callum Turner, the one who's in, uh, I've already forgotten, The Boys in the Boat, the one about the rowing. He's in the, he's in the boat. The deck of the story is, the Fantastic Beats franchise star tells People, James Bond producer Barbara Broccoli makes, quote, incredible films. You know, like, they're all they're all gunning for it in a way that is... Honestly, so exhausting to me. Who's James Norton? Oh, James Norton. <gasps> you don't know who James Norton is? Oh, my God. James Norton is the number one villain in Happy Valley. He's Tommy, oh God, Tommy Lee Royce. He's Tommy not Lee Royce you. and he's out of prison. Not this. Oh. Wait, this is Imogene Poots's boyfriend? Okay, now we're talking something I care about. This is Poots's boyfriend? Poots is dating him? Oh, James Norton? Yeah. Okay, well, Poots and Norton, super couple. Yeah. And he's in stuff too. This is what what I think is interesting is that you put the like, you put the bond betting lists in here. Well, I just think that that's always the more interesting conversation than like three interchangeable guys. It is a good way to see some names of guys. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm seeing some names on here that I don't really know. You've got the Jack Lowden, you've got the Caleb Turner You've got who else on here is like I guess Jonathan Bailey. We've talked about him before. You have some of the older guys, Damson Idris and Reggae Jean Page. We've talked about them though. Henry Cavill, also him. Damson Idris comes up a lot. Reggae Jean Page, obviously eternally coming up, like w- waiting for his next big thing. Mm-hmm. Like Richard Madden's on here. Okay. As you go further and further down the list, obviously that's how odds work, but it starts to get completely ridiculous because once you get to Killian Murphy and Idris Elba and Jonathan Bailey, I'm like, no, it's not no, their time sweetie. anymore. Maybe 10 years ago. Although it's not their time I anymore. do think Dan Stevens would slay as Bond. I mean, yeah. maybe like it's too late for him, yeah. but like it would, he would slay, you know? Every list, including not just betting sites, but like um, industry lists, like I, I, I pulled out Variety's sort of editorial guesses. They all lead, every single one of them leads with Aaron Taylor Johnson. 
Right. And no, I know. The second place is always someone. It's it's a it's either going to be like Damson Idris, Richard Madden, or Reggae Jean Page. Well, for, uh, Varieties, that's the last one on this list. Varieties has like an interesting off the... Like they have the guy from uh, Daryl McCormack, who's one of my faves from uh, Good Luck to You, Good Leo, Leo Grant. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. They've got uh, Dev Patel on here, as you know, huge hunk. But obviously these are not like up and coming random British guys. These are kind of people yeah. we know. Not Daryl. Daryl, I guess, is he's Irish too, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Lucian Laviscount, who we've talked about before, he's another one. It was mm-hmm. in something that we talked about. I already forget. Yeah. Reggae's on here. Damson's on here. Henry Golding's on here. That's a good. That's a good choice. Henry Golding. God, is... Henry Cavill has no shot at this. No. Get him off these lists. I love him, you know, but get him, get him off, off the of list. This. He, he, him, and, and get Andrew Garfield off this list. No yeah, chance. That's stupid. That's stupid. Babes, get him off. Enough. Tom, Tom Hardy? Hardy. No. Tom Hardy. It's like <laughs> no. Joe Allen? Would I want to see Tom Hardy in anything? Yes. But, like, I've never imagined no. James Bond as someone who would, like, smash my skull with his thighs. You know, like, just, like, crush my body. Joe Alwyn at the bottom of this list. He wishes, babe. I no. left it there just as a gag because the list actually goes. I, I almost stopped at Daryl McCormick, but I was like, wait, they put Joe Alwyn on this thing? I know. In his dreams, or perhaps in his nightmares, I don't know what that man wants, but it's definitely not to be James Bond. He hates attention. But what's nice in this conversation about like, oh, movie stars, we have none. It's like we just named like a million random hot guys. It's Mm -hmm. like this is the next generation or already in place generation of people we just have to make them some good movies like mm-hmm. the, the issue is the is the vehicles not necessarily the drivers wow mm-hmm. damn ferrari hashtag ferrari yeah. in theaters now you know but it's just like we have <laughs> the, the conversation that we've that we've had about uh, like there's so many we're in this like new hunk era like soft boy hunk era yeah which is true for the united states right but it's like the soft boy hunk era never really ended in the uk in england and over there no i know those guys are all like sexy gentlemen you know like everyone on this list is a sexy gentleman and i kind of think that's because of the nature of the projects that they have available for them Mm -hmm. are a little bit different than what we have here Mm -hmm. like we are not creating like 44 brit box you know itv sorry channel four i'm sorry i'm I'm, uh, whatever channel Uh, four bbc bbc two kind of uh, adaptations of kind of, you know... Uh, Gentle, simmering domestic dramas. Exactly. That are based on books that everyone knows and loves. Like, I just think that we are not making so many of those that we have all these places for these hunks and they, like, do have a lot of places for them. And I think that whenever I see a new one of those, I'm like, damn, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> and is it because it is like this wistful romance based on the based in the Moors? You know, yes, mm-hmm. probably, but also Moors. they just like like that shit mm-hmm. there more. They've got a lot of work for for your Jack Loudons and Reggae Jean Pages, and I'm not sure the United States does. I know. So you're kind of like they're like, give us Tom Hardy, give us Aaron Taylor Johnson. And we're like, put Tom Hardy in a gritty cop drama that goes VOD, <laughs> and it also stars Shailene Woodley, and no one's ever seen it. I'm making that up, but like that really is what we what's do. What's the What's the movie where Shailene Woodley is the cop? It's called like I Solved This Crime. It's <laughs> it so has crazy. Such a good name. Wait, what is it? To Catch a Killer. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's really called that. And the poster is her looking her woodliest. She's never looked woodlier. She's never looked woodlier than she does on the cover yeah. of To Catch a Killer. She's like, what? 
No one's ever been more surprised to be here than Shailene Woodley. (laughs) But no, it really is. How did I get here? Because pre-Ferrari, that's what she was doing. And and she was kind of like, what's this? What's this now then? They handed her the script and her costume when she got on set. And it was a cop outfit. And she was like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) This is the face that she made. The one in the poster. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, can we move on? Yeah, let's move on. I don't even know what that question ended up being but i like talking I about these know. british guys me too i love talking about new guys okay next next call hi it's future bobby here with the interesting news that dropped after Lindsay and i recorded that dua lipa and callum turner were spotted kissing at the premiere of masters of the air in some stories he was identified as a mystery man he is in fact Callum Turner, one of those British guys. So, I, I don't know what else to tell you. How much of this same? I don't know about you, but I got the shoppies and I'm ready to <laughs> shop. Shoppies. Thank God it's Rakuten's Big Give Week. You get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ulta, Adidas, Doc Martin, Ray-Ban. I'm just naming the ones that I like, the, the brands that I like. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During the Big Give Week, May 6th through May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I just actually got some cash back. It's incredible. Rakuten deposits your cash back directly into your PayPal account, or they can send you a check. They have 15 million members who are already saving. So join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I use Pretty Litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit, they're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I want to be famous. Hi, BLT. Long time, long time. Um, as somebody who's currently deep into a rewatch of Billions, I was pretty shook by the news that Paul Giamatti is apparently dating Clara Wong, who plays his dominatrix. 
on Billions. Um, iconic. So just curious who Clara Wong is. I don't feel like I've seen her in anything else. Um, curious if you could share a bit more about this who, who is dating a them who she dominated in Billions. Thanks so much. Showing hole. Crunch, crunch. Hi, BLT. Um, I was shocked when Paul Giamatti thanked his girlfriend, but I, I guess I didn't, I, I don't know why. I didn't know that he had a girlfriend. And now the internet is saying that she played his, um, dominatrix on build, on billions. Anyway, who, who is she? Um, Thank you. Crunch, crunch. Showing hole. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, long time, long time. I just saw this tweet about Paul Giamatti's girlfriend um, who played the dominatrix in Billions, which I haven't watched. Obviously, Paul Giamatti, them. Um, but it's just, like, kind of funny that that's his girlfriend now. Um, just would love a little bit of deep dive or more information on this woman, Clara Wong. All right, crunch, crunch, Tim Tebow, lesbian. Hi, Bobby, Lindsay, Timmy. Okay, congratulations, Paul Tiamati, on your hot girlfriend. Um, guys, can you please tell me who is Clara Wong? He thanked her in his speech. She is his girlfriend. She's an actress. I would really love to know more okay crunch crunch bye um not congratulations on his golden globe <laughs> congratulations on his young girlfriend <laughs> jesus <laughs> jesus christ i think she is the guess on a website called right rasta <laughs> is that she's uh-huh. 33 not not bad and paul giamatti is 56 uh-huh so Paul Giamatti sort of hard-launched a girlfriend at the Golden Globes, even though he has been with her for, as far as I can tell, three years. Thank you, Golden Globes. (laughs) And thank you to Alexander Payne, Alexander the Great, who, for some mysterious reason, continues to have enormous faith in me, and why? I don't know why. Uh, And Devine, Joy Randolph, Dominic Sessa, I love you very much. David Hemmingson, Focus Features, the entire cast and crew in Boston, Beantown, fantastic people, one and all. Uh, I want to say I love my beautiful girlfriend, Clara Wong. Why you bother with me, I don't know. Why? No one cares who Paul Giamatti's girlfriend is, I have to say. And then all of a sudden, when you win an award, people are like, who is with him? Mm -hmm. And it's like, this girl. Yeah, his girlfriend of three years. It's a woman who is just like visibly younger and quite beautiful. (laughs) Not visibly younger. Visibly younger. I mean, I'm trying to explain. I'm I'm not going to try to pretend like I don't understand why everyone was like, that's Paul Giamatti's girlfriend? Like... I'm not an idiot. <laughs> well, I think also because he was married for a while. For a long he time. A, he has a 23-year-old kid. He like People weren't maybe expecting to see him in public with new young girlfriend. And she's mm-hmm. not even new. She's just new to you no. because you hadn't seen him in public in a while with this woman 
who is his girlfriend and has been since we think around 2016 when she first met him when she played a dominatrix his dominatrix in the show billions it's a recurring character i don't watch billions but i also know that people who watch billions probably saw them together and said is that his dom and it is (laughs) it is his dom mistress Mm-hmm. Mistress, Mistress Troy. I actually don't know if that's her name, but it says Mistress and then it says Troy. So maybe that's her credit she was on in seven episodes of Billions starting in 2016, which was like my guess as to when they met each other, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's say. But you on the Instagram, she wishes him happy birthday for the past three years. So that's confirmed they've been dating three years. Yes. She has posted three happy birthday Pauls <laughs> since uh, 299 weeks ago. Okay? Okay. So she mm-hmm. has... Happy birthday to this beautiful firecracker. Happy birthday to you. May it be filled with all the treats you can eat, all the books you can read, and all the Unsolved Mysteries podcast episodes you can listen to. And then most recently, 31 weeks ago, happy birthday to this sweet soul. So who is Clara Wong? His maybe 33-year-old girlfriend. She's an actress. She's like a very actively working actress. She's like I wouldn't say so many credits there's on a IMDb. role that I would pull out, but I'm like, oh, she's like in every TV show. There's, there's one role that TV I would show. pull out, but what she is is when you scroll through the IMDb, it's very, I, it I work in New York City, and I am in every show that films in New York City. That's the vibe, which is, I yes. think, one Mysteries of the, one of of the Laura. dreams. She was, you know, she's kind of just in, she's in The Tick. Here's a pic of her with Griffin. With Griffin in The Tick. Yes, she was like a superhero. Uh, I remember her in The Tick because I watched The Tick. You pulled her out in a movie we both really liked this year, You Hurt My Feelings. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say she has a big role, but it's a memorable character she has a memorable funny role in you hurt my feelings because when i saw that she was ally and you hurt my feelings i was like there's someone named ally and you hurt my feelings a movie i've well, seen that's four what, times. there's no way that you remembered who right. she was in that movie but she is if you've seen you hurt my feelings you know that michaela watkins's entire subplot in the whole movie is she's an interior decorator and she's trying to find an extremely rich client oh, a oh, new life is she fixture. the client she's the client Oh, she's actually quite funny in she's that. She's very funny in it. So yeah. Michaela Watkins' big drama in the movie is that she keeps buying expensive light fixtures for this <laughs> yeah. one sconce in a very rich woman's right. apartment. And every right. scene is her showing up with a new sconce. And then the rich woman is like, mm, I don't really like it. And then finally at the right, end of the movie, she gets one that the woman is extremely thrilled by. And it's the conclusion of Michaela Watkins' subplot, which is it's so Hall of Center and hilarious. But it's great because they spend so much time in different lighting stores. And I think that is so New York. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is my favorite Clara Wong role. So, Mm -hmm. and the reason I put Mysteries of Laura in here is because when I went to her Instagram, where she described herself as a actor, animal enthusiast, people watcher, Oxford comma user, and student of life, clarawong.net, I saw that we had one mutual follow on the Who Weekly account, oh. and that was Mr. Jerry O.C., a.k.a. Jerry O'Connell. Uh-huh. And then I mm-hmm. scrolled, 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 and saw that he guest starred on an episode of Mysteries of Laura. Okay, and that's cool. when they met. And I'm like, okay, so that? he followed. Okay. Okay, great, Bobby. Because I, I was like, why is he following her? That's sort of random. Yeah, well, I mean, but for they were, literally they any together. reason in the whole world. But yes, I'm glad you found out that she was on Mysteries of Laura with him. Did you also see the other thing that I found? That she was in a movie with Anna de Armas? <laughs> the last thing I want to say about Paul Giamatti and his ex, though, whose name was Elizabeth Cohen, and then she changed to Elizabeth Giamatti. She's like works as a film producer now. They got married in 1987, a year he was in a million movies, okay? Kind of just getting his start. They were together until you, we don't really know. And so I think that's one of the main reasons why this woman's appearance sort of 
got people gagged because it's never been announced that he divorced his very longtime wife. And I think it's so unknown that why I put this in here is because at the Golden Globes party, like when you look at the Getty images of Paul Giamatti holding the Golden Globe he won for the holdovers, standing next to Clara Wong, she is labeled and identified as Elizabeth Cohen. She's identified as his wife. No, that's not his wife. Yeah. The last photos I could see, I could find of the two of them together on a red carpet were from the Duplicity premiere in 2009. Okay. (laughs) There's an article in The Real Deal. The headline is, Paul Giamatti sells share of Brooklyn Heights co-op to ex-wife. And then it says, a publicist says they haven't been married for five years. Okay. And that was reported in 2016. So five years, 2016 minus five years is when, let's say they got divorced. Mm Mm-hmm. And he didn't meet his new Dom girlfriend. I'm calling her that because she played a Dom on Billions until 2016, Mm -hmm. which is when this was written. Actually, if he shared, if he had a new girlfriend, maybe he was like, time for me to sell my share of my Brooklyn Heights co-op to my (laughs) ex-wife. Wow. You know? Yeah. It's funny how much relationship information you can get from real estate. Real estate? Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. That's it. Next call. Hi. Do you have any idea why Zoe Lister-Jones was sitting at the Oppenheimer table at the Golden Globes? I feel like Florence invited her as a plus one, which just seems weird. Um, But it's extra weird because Zoe got so much screen time. And I looked up to see if she was in anything, and she's not. So the only thing I can think of is Florence invited her as a plus one, um so i'd love to know thank you very much um good form showing hole etc etc uh taylor swift had a plus one who was a girly who was her friend so what's the freaking difference you know that's true that's true just saying having said that (laughs) having said that i think these two are fucking (laughs) having said that i think these two are having a good time you do oh you do because I think... Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Because... Oh, you do? I do. I think that that's cool. I think that's... I think that is... It is... It, to me, it made me laugh just because the Oppenheimer table was so kind of A-list and specific. And everyone's been talking about Oppenheimer all year. So we're so familiar with these Oppenheimer people. And then you have all these Oppenheimer people at a circular table together. And then who is among them? A kind of random face <laughs> that is a very, very much a who... Wait, why do I recognize that woman? Because Zoe Lister-Jones is not of them by any means, but is also kind of everywhere in a sense. So it's a perfect, like, that girl. She's kind of like an actor's favorite actor type situation. Yes. Not that I'm saying she's every... I, she She's like an industry, like people in the industry like love her. Does that, yes. make, I, does that make sense? Yeah. And also she was part of like a creative partnership with, um what was his name? Daryl Wayne for a little bit. And they had a sort of Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach thing going on. Well, then there's always random movies by her that's like running remember, at the end of the world. And it's Lola like Versus. released on Hulu. Yeah, well, that was the one that people actually talked about. But since then, I feel like it's been a little bit uh, not popping for her. She made a panda- She made a COVID movie that was like about COVID. Oh, she was in the craft sequel. She was in the craft sequel. I think she that. directed the craft sequel, actually. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. And she's... Uh, well, also, the other thing is she is 
uh, co-star of Florence Pugh in the movie that was made by Zach Braff, A Good Person, which came out earlier this year, Mm -hmm. earlier last year. And the reason I wrote on this thing where you said, what does that mean? I wrote, she's the Zach Braff of women because... (laughs) What the hell does that mean? (laughs) Because she's slightly older than Florence Pugh. She has like a TV background, but also has aspirations to be a writer-director, an independent filmmaker, but also is sort of like remains a character actor and who's everywhere. Pretty much well-liked by Hollywood. But was she on a long-running sitcom? She was. Which one? She was on Life in Pieces on CBS. No one knows what that is. But it was on CBS for a long time, so I assume that people do. I just didn't watch it. Mm, okay. There's something kind of... I don't know, Zach Braffy about Zoe Lister-Jones. Well, in this way she is. In 2023, she produced, wrote, directed, and starred in the comedy series Slip for the Roku channel with Dakota Johnson as the executive producer. Like, mm-hmm. she is kind of out here being like, I'm starring, producing, editing, and starring, and directing, and producing, <laughs> yes. and... See yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Meanwhile, sure. Dakota Johnson has no memory of providing any sort of creative or financial input on a show Stop called it. Slip on Roku. <laughs> Dakota oh, Johnson is like... Uh, like it. even Madam Webb doesn't remember this happening. She couldn't have seen Slip yeah. coming. I will say, I will agree with you too. To make a movie with your co-star that you also co-write with, an independent feature about a young New York couple who strategize their own breakup that comes mm-hmm. out at South by Southwest and like has a budget of $10,000, that's mm-hmm. very Zach Braff. Like yeah. that type of thing. She did this in 2009. Yeah. I truly would not have even put this on here if she hadn't told the podcast recently like after she split from her husband she talked about like being queer and like having a sexual awakening in her 30s so like mm-hmm. i don't think it's mm-hmm. i don't think it's i don't think it's cruel to speculate about these two when they're showing up to the golden globes holding hands and sitting next to each other at the table okay you're speculating he's speculating i'm speculating okay that's fine to speculate fine. but she's right. definitely a who Okay. No, she's okay. definitely a who. She's definitely, she's definitely a who. who. I love that Taylor Swift, who is always embroiled in Gaylor, shows up with a woman. Everyone's like, that's her best friend, Kaylee Spurry. <laughs> and Florence, Florence Pugh shows up with her friend. Everyone's like, are they smooching? Are they fucking? Are they kissing? Like, they're definitely in love. And you're like, okay. Well, Florence Pugh is doing a lot of communicating with her um, physical style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Don't, calling her a short, calling her a short hair queen, I see. <laughs> I mean... Taylor, if 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 Taylor if Taylor Swift showed up to the Golden Globes with a brand new dramatic haircut like Florence Pugh holding hands with uh, some girly, the conversation would be completely different than Taylor Swift showing up to the Golden Globes as she normally shows herself. Damn, short hair, really, you know, short hair. Apparently, short hair is well when you the are, Katy Perry witness cut means you're gay. When you are apparently. Known, well, I think I think more than just. Beyond just gay, I think that's an oversimplification. I think when people who have traditionally had long hair show up with short hair, the question isn't necessarily, (laughs) you gay? The question is, are you going through it? And I think the answer is typically yes, whatever it is. Damn. The Katy Perry witness cut. It it a lot of girls, they when they get the Katy Perry witness cut, you have to say (laughs) Are you okay? I love that buzzed hair is just Katy Perry witness cut now. That's what she has ownership over now. It's not even buzzed. You could also call it the pink, the pink look. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Pink people are calling Flo Pew pink. Mm -hmm. I'm saying you forgot Katy Perry's Katy Perry's witness era. If you're calling her pink, yeah. So many other references. Okay, moving on. Let's let's move on. But no, I just to go back to the question. No, I don't think it's no. I don't think it's weird that Florence Pugh showed up with Zoe Lister Jones. Well, the caller was like, isn't it weird? 
Not really. I do like the idea of, of people bringing plus ones that are just like friends or other people yes. in the industry. Yes. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I'm, it's I love so being fun. a plus one. Take me to the Golden Globes. Me too. Plus one is great. Last night, I spent a good 30 minutes laying in bed pondering the name Jim. Like, what a weird name. It's not short for anything. It doesn't mean anything. Imagine if Rose's love interest in Titanic was named Jim. Would you even care if he froze? Probably not. I relayed these thoughts to my family this morning, and my mom said that Jim is short for James. And I'm furious. How did someone get to Jim from James? So stupid. I'm so ashamed that the word Jimothy was in my brain for a few minutes. <laughs> I could never get that time back. And sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to the gyms. I mean, no disrespect. Also, sorry to my family for how I am. Have you again? Last night, I spent a good 30 minutes laying in bed pondering the name Jim. Like, what a weird name. It's not short for anything. It doesn't mean anything. Imagine if Rose's love interest in Titanic was named Jim. Would you even care if he froze? Prob not. I relayed these thoughts to my family this morning, and my mom said that Jim is short for James, and I'm furious. How did someone get to Jim from James? So stupid. I'm so ashamed that the word Jimothy was in my brain for a few minutes. I can never get that time back. And sorry to the Jims. I mean no disrespect. Also, sorry to my family for how I am. Crunch, crunch. Wait, did she even say what this was? Was this reading was from? No, she just read the entire January Jones Instagram story post about the about the name Jim. <laughs> January Jones is out here using Instagram like few are, like few celebrities are. Mm-hmm. In that it is kind of just a stream of consciousness. It's very Tumblr vibes. Right. It's very if January Jones was more famous, this would be so annoying because all she would do would be getting questions about things that she said on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of vibe this is. But for she's not famous enough where that's the issue, so she's able to be out here being kind of wacky. That's my yeah. take on this. Yeah. You know? And I also think every time I see a new January Jones going viral for something strange that she posted on Instagram, I'm just so envious. Like, she just seems to have a perfect life you know people genuinely like her she's clearly rich enough where she doesn't have to work where she can spend all her day pondering the name jim right she does like fun projects like uh what was the last thing that she did that was kind of big the the people the show about the end of the world like she was so good in that and it was so kind of oh the last man on earth yeah yeah that was like such a good show and she's so good in it and then she's kind of just like that's my aspiration for now you know She's a puttering around kind of actor. Like she just, just post Mad Men. It's sort of like, why do I need to do anything else? I'm fine. Well, she does do stuff, you know. She was in spinning out that like kind of not very good uh, skating show on Netflix that I don't think anyone watched. She oh, was I didn't even know that on the existed. Politician, a show that people did watch oh, and terrible liked. show. Um, <laughs> I she... hated the Politician. Okay, I don't even remember her, her being <laughs> in it. She's in a Nick Cassavetes written and directed movie called God is a Bullet that came out this year with Micah Monroe and Klaus Guzman, Guzman, a.k.a. Oh, and Nicolas uh, Kostarwondo. Kravitz's ex-boyfriend, husband. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be in a movie Nick, uh, upcoming uh, written by Brandon Hess. I don't know mm-hmm. who that is, but best of luck. 
to them both. Mm-hmm. I will say the kind of January Jones Instagram thing is kind of old hat at this point. Like, for example, the New Yorker wrote about it when she was posting through quarantine very mm-hmm. actively was and was kind of like pushing, yes, pushing back against kind of the idea of being this uh, Betty Draper. I do like that because Mad Men was so iconic, both John Hamm and January Jones are constantly, quote unquote, pushing back against being Don Draper and Betty, Betty Draper, Draper, two fake characters from the, you know, like mm-hmm. that truly are not even real people, but uh, but that show is so iconic that people are so obsessed with them being real people in a way. That's the yeah. problem with these shows. Like, like James Gandolfini never being able to escape uh, Tony Soprano because mm-hmm. that's how iconic that show was. But, and so this entire piece in, the, in New Yorker is about how she's so different on Instagram. And it's like, yeah, she's like a kooky, normal lady. She's not Betty Draper. But don't you think that usually when a celebrity, when, when someone, an actor... An actor who becomes iconic for a very specific role, like extremely right. distinctive, uh-huh. popular character, becomes uh-huh. famous for that role kind of in the, in an early stage of their career or, beca- or breaks that's out. TV. Usually that's TV. Don't they yeah. usually, or at least this is just what the cliche is, they spend the rest of their careers trying to course correct yes. and run away from that career. Yes. This is interesting mm-hmm. because January Jones doesn't seem to give a shit about escaping Betty Draper. She's just living life, you know? Like, she's not trying to take all these roles that are the opposite of Betty Draper. She's just no. sort of taking roles when she feels like acting one day. It's very much like she woke up one day and decided, I think I'll go to Harvard. Like, this is very like, okay, I think I'll just write about Jim. <laughs> or I think I'll take a role on this weird movie with Micah Monroe. Or I think I'll do absolutely nothing. And I find that so cool. <laughs> but it is interesting. So th- th- this piece is kind of like, the whole point of it is like how different she is. But it's like everyone who lives in modern times is going to be different, different than Betty Draper, than Betty a character Dra- that lived in the 60s and 50s. Like, okay. like yes. Like, mm-hmm. yes, period. I'm sure there's like, a TikTok that- community of people who are very much like Betty Draper, but I know what you mean. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like like this piece this uh, from The New Yorker is like, a scroll through January Jones' Instagram feed in recent months debunks the shallow notion that she's Betty's diffident doppelganger. Mm-hmm. She's not an inaccessible ice queen, but a hammy, capacious goofball. It's like, yeah, like, yeah. You know she's an actress is. who went to drama school. I know what yeah. actors are like. Just like you calling John Ham a ham. You're like, thank God John Ham's a ham. It's like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. he's an actor, right? Mm-hmm. Like, have you met Robert Downey Jr.? Like, th- these people are all like this. This is what they're <laughs> like. <laughs> yes. Even Bradley Cooper, our most serious guy, is actually not really a serious guy. He's crazy. Yeah. Well, he's seriously Anyways. crazy. But he's parentheses, cra- complimentary. He's kook- but he's kooky. Parentheses, he's I love so him. so kooky. Love him so Love him much. so much. Yeah. Obsessed with him and so sorry what's happening to him. <laughs> By what's happening to him, do you mean not winning things? <laughs> yeah. Maestro. Maestro. Maestro losing is our greatest travesty of this year. He keeps losing. He keeps losing. I love that he keeps losing as a fan because him losing is only going to make him more powerful, I think. No, I agree. His life experiences urge him, egg him on. He's not going to be discouraged. Discouraged? Maestro? Maestro? (laughs) No. Please. Last night at the, um, what was la- the governor awards? The governor, you know, oh, they yeah. had the governor where yeah. they give like 
the awards to kind of more, you know, whatever. Did you watch um, Regina King's uh, speech for Angela Bassett? No, but I watched Angela Bassett's speech about herself. Oh, Regina introduced her and it was so good. What my point is, in the opening, uh, John Mulaney hosted it or oh, whatever. Yes, and yes. in his opening uh, speech, he made a maestro joke. And the joke was pretty funny. It was like Bradley Cooper spent six years learning to or spent how many 10 years learning to uh, orchestrate for six minutes and he was like does he not know that most people don't know what that looks like and how it's correct you didn't we I didn't even know that if it was I wouldn't even know if it was wrong and they cut to him and he's like laughing but like laughing too hard and I'm like there goes maestro like oh no he's hurting he's like he's breaking inside (laughs) I watched the end of sister act yesterday afternoon just something I do sometimes (laughs) <laughs> and um, <laughs> what to like get a good cry out or something like no when I just, just like I was feel feeling little... like it just you know it can be it's 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 a it's a motivating text <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so love that I, love that I turned you. it on and you'll know Sister Mary Clarence is the you know the choir you'll conductor know. and uh-huh, it you'll know ends that. with her sort of like overdoing like when they're doing I will follow uh I love him I'll, I love him and where he goes I'll follow whatever. And she's doing this sort of like bombastic conducting that's very animated in front of all of the sisters. And I was like, no offense to Bradley, but this is as good as Maestro. And I don't think she trained six years to become Sister Mary Clarence. (laughs) (laughs) But he can't not be that way. (laughs) No, no. They're like, Whoopi, how long did you train to become Sister Mary Clarence? And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, he can't. That's what I'm saying. Like, he like he can't not do that. That's just mm-hmm. not his process. No, like, no. that's why, like, Lady Gaga is like, I went to the I went to into the institution to study to be like Joker Lady. And it's like, of course you did. The video of Lady Gaga asking the other no, girlies. If... I didn't mean to say Lady Gaga. <laughs> The video of the of Lady Gaga asking the other girlies if they get drunk off of prop alcohol that is just water, and then none of them have any idea what she's talking right. about is there an all timer. It's an yeah, all-timer. and guess where she learned that? Maestro said Maestro. that to do that. I bet yeah. Maestro. Before we end on January Jones, you have a story about the National Enquirer. The funniest thing about January Jones's Instagram to date has to be when. She posted an email she got from the National Enquirer, mm-hmm. and it was this was the email. To whom it may concern, colon, the National Enquirer is is preparing to publish a story which reports January Jones has worried friends with her series of attention-grabbing bikini pictures and social media posts. Sources claim her content smacks of a desperate cry for attention and note how her acting work appears to have dried up before then-pandemic took hold. There's a typo there. If you have a statement or wish to comment, please provide it before 5 p.m. ET Wednesday, December 9th, 2020, directly to this email. Thank you. She posted that and was like, L-M-A-O. She said, shit, they discovered my secret. Consider this my public apology to my quote unquote friends. Oh, oh. I went to Dan Dolan's LinkedIn, the editorial director slash editor in chief of National Enquirer. And it's so fucking funny. He's been there since March 2019, four years and 11 months, March 2019 to the present. The editor in chief of National Enquirer, his photo on LinkedIn just describe what you're looking at here, Lindsay. Of course, this is the National Enquirer guy. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a man riding a motorbike, like a dirt <laughs> a bike with the helmet and like a whole thing. That's the and National Enquirer editor in Jupiter, Chief. Florida. He's yeah. having a good life, I have He's to say. He's having a good life. Yeah. 
Um, okay. Best of luck to him. Let's play another call. I want to be famous. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why exactly. I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language with Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. Bobby, did you know that it's Live Nation's concert week and from now through May 14th, you can get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows? I did know because Live Nation sent us a list of all of the concerts and I'm obsessed because I'm definitely going to see some of these people. Well, you can get up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, including Alanis Morissette, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson. Who else am I seeing? Lainey Wilson. Peso Pluma and Sarah McLaughlin, like back to back. That's fun. Megan Trainer, then Peso Pluma, then Sarah McLaughlin and have us the summer of my life. So grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. I was in Florida this past weekend and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, Oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she <laughs> sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not yeah. crops. It'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone It'll just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly, with it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> yeah. it'll be zoomed in sometimes, so it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No, but do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm -hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is, you can connect it to your oh, yeah. aura app. 
And you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. Can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting. You got to be careful. Photos you got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it. But you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But you Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Lindsay Bopatumi, can you rank from who to them? Gary Coon, Parker Posey, Michelle Monaghan, and Leslie Bibb. Uh, I don't think any of them are thems, although Gary and Parker are obviously gay thems. But uh, yeah, what is their ranking now? And do you think White Lotus Season 3 will change any of that? Very curious. Women do belong in the opera and watercolors. <laughs> They forgot Natasha Rothwell for the les- for the White Lotus Three Ladies. Hearing our catchphrases in an accent is so is never it never gets old to me. Who is Leslie Bibb? Why do I what always do you forget mean? who this She's woman is? She's from Popular. She dated. She dates Sam Rockwell. She was in the show Popular. She's like oh many, her okay. She's like many another actress's like oh, closest friend. Okay. What has she been in recently? That was she like, was, oh, in, she was about in my a, father um, with S- Sebastian Maniscalco. No, but she was also in some more recent Ryan Murphy stuff, and people were really happy to see her. <laughs> people were really happy to see her. Oh, she was in um, she was in Love Life. Didn't you like Love Life? Yeah, but like she wasn't a big thing in that. She was in Iron Man two. I mean, but I'm talking about like big roles. Okay. Hmm. I always forget which one she is. People freaked when she showed up with Sam Rockwell at when he was promoting Three Billboards like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, my God, Leslie Bibb okay. because of Popular. And Popular, a Ryan Murphy TV show, was kind of this like cult classic. I mean, it is cult classic. I didn't watch Popular, but I am aware of the fandom so surrounding Popular. So, so we have Carrie Coon, Parker Posey, uh, as a, the announced women in White Lotus 3. Carrie Coon, Parker Posey, Michelle Monaghan. She's a perfect White Lotus person, I have Leslie Bibb. Right. She's giving... If you've noticed, Mike White has become the Ryan Murphy of now in that what he is doing is shining a light on actors that everyone knows to be good and they're like actors, favorite actors, but aren't getting that kind of uh, Jennifer Coolidge treatment. They're getting the juicy roles they deserve. Right. So people are like always so worried like that Gen Z forgets who Parker Posey is. Like we're so obsessed with like, God forbid, no one knows who Parker Posey mm-hmm. is, even though I don't know that's necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And so when she was cast in this, people were like, oh, finally, Parker Posey getting her her due. You know, yeah. it's like, mm, OK, TBD on whether that is the case. But like everyone's hoping for that Jennifer Coolidge moment for one of these actresses, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, it harkens back to Quentin Tarantino and, yeah, yeah, and, and, and uh, John getting, Travolta, and giving John Travolta his moment, and then yeah. and then Pam Greer her moment, and then even yeah. even also in Jackie and, Brown, um, what's his name who played um Max Cherry in Jackie Brown? I don't know. Um, Robert Forster. and Ryan, and I always think of Ryan Murphy and Jessica Lange. Yeah. And yes. Then kind oh of my like, God! Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
So that's what he did with Jennifer Coolidge. Now, I don't think Carrie Coon really needs it, but she no. could, you know, she'll always slay. Michelle Monaghan is an interesting one. Well, Carrie Coon is filling the the role of um, who's in season one. That's uh, Mrs. Coach. Oh, Connie Britton. Connie Britton, like already established mm-hmm. and well liked character actress that mm-hmm. like doesn't really need a bump, but happy to work anyway. Also yeah. HBO easy. Mm-hmm. So is Natasha Rothwell the carryover from the last Natasha season? Natasha Rothwell's like the carryover from season one. So she's not new, but she's in this season. She's, she's in one, two? I thought she was also in, she was only in two. She's not in season two. She's only in season one. Oh, so they're bringing her back yes, from season she, one. Yes. Remember, she she was the first. Yeah, she she was the spa with Jennifer Coolidge. She was the spa Coolidge, and Jennifer and like, Coolidge made promises that she ultimately didn't uh-huh. keep. And mm-hmm. Natasha Rothwell had the tragic so ending. So sad. Yes. So who is the most famous person on this list? Because I'm looking at these names and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, they're all kind of like the same. They're all kind of the same famous in my mind. Sorry. Like, I don't know. They're all very much character actors I in, guess that, Coon, I in that they have, if you, if you watch the thing that they are in, you stand them. But if you don't watch the thing they are in, you don't know who they are, but you probably recognize their face. But Parker Posey has more things dating back further Probably that are Parker iconic Posey. things yes. than Carrie Coon. Like, Carrie Coon, I know Gilded Age girlies would disagree, and I think she is having a moment, but I do think that Parker Posey is the kind of... She has more of... She has more stuff that you might have... You know, like... And I do think that Gen Z is watching Josie and the Pussycats. I do think they're getting their hands on mm-hmm. that. And then you can't deny her, you know? Yeah, you can't deny Parker Posey once you see Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> this is really hard her. because I think I think that Carrie Coon and Natasha Rothwell are at the bottom just because they're newer. And like, if you don't mm-hmm. watch The Gilded Age, you don't know who Carrie Coon is. And even if you watch the Ghostbusters movies, you don't know who Carrie Coon is. If you watch theater, you probably do. When Carrie Coon appears in the Ghostbusters trailer, it is so fucking funny. She's like beautiful blonde woman there. Like the in her girl, she's gray. She's like a gray wig. Hi. Yes, I'm still here. Okay, you're in this. Still not watching it. The the camera cuts to her from a ghost, and then she goes, "I need to pay my mortgage." That's like it's (laughs) truly. So I think that Carrie Coon and Natasha Rothwell at the bottom, but I don't really know what to do with Michelle and Leslie because Michelle's another actor who I think has lower name recognition than face recognition because she's also been in stuff for 25 years. Well, I have to say, is this the final list of the cast? It's probably not. So I also kind of feel like we're jumping probably the gun on this, on this conversation, though I'm glad we're having it. I just don't even know if we need to be doing this because I'm like, I just feel like there's going to be more people announced, maybe. Probably. Like you left off Jason Isaacs here, which well, I this think is, is also. Well, the person called, no, the person called and said specifically the White Lotus women. women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The White Lotus women. Mm-hmm. So. I love Jason Isaacs, by the way. Scary character actor. He's always a scary he's role. A scary man. He's yes. always like, I'm Hook. And you're like, oh, God. He's, he's Hap so in the OA. Oh, he's Ugh. so evil in the OA. Ugh. Not Ugh. the OA. Again. Wait, but you're not okay. done. What do we think about Michelle Monaghan? Monaghan. I like her. Where do you put her? In this list. At the if bottom. Parker, if Parker Posey's at the top and Carrie Coon, uh, you put her below Carrie Coon and Natasha Rothwell, she's been in a million things. I know. She had so minor right. Oscar buzz for the movie Trucker in like 2007. But she's always she's always playing like Mark Wahlberg's wife. Like she's not really. 
She's like, Ethan. She's Ethan Hunt's wife in the Mission Impossible movies. Mission Impossible yeah, three through seven. Yeah, I know because she's always somebody's wife in one of these big movies. Mm-hmm. Tell me mm-hmm. she's not. So I'm kind of, kind of, I'm kind of like, I don't know. God, she really is always somebody's wife. Yeah, she's like iconic, beautiful brunette, and he's like my wife. You know, he's always like my wife, and it's Michelle Monaghan, and you're like, of course it is. But it's always like, I really love my wife and I can't hurt my wife. No, of course. She's a perfect, beautiful wife. And she's probably sometimes dead and he's remembering her. Yes. These are all old memories of my wife who was beautiful. <laughs> you know who she's not someone's wife in? What? Eagle Eye. She's Shia LaBeouf's girlfriend. <laughs> Shia. Remember that? That counts. Love interest. Don't that doesn't count. Weirdest. Zero chemistry between Shia LaBeouf and Michelle Monaghan in Eagle Eye. Yeah, I believe it. Which I, I saw opening that. weekend oh, for some reason. that's the movie that's like Vertigo? <laughs> or is that Disturbia? <laughs> well, Disturbia is Rear Window. Eagle Eye is not Hitchcockian. Oh, okay. Fine. Although maybe it is. I don't remember Eagle Eye. I just remember okay. not liking it. Listen, I was wrong about that. Listen, Where are we I putting just don't her? think... I think she's lower. So you put Leslie Bibb above Michelle Monaghan? No, I think she's higher than Bibb. Okay. But she's lower than Carrie Coon. But Carrie Coon isn't above bit carrie coon is not i'm sorry yes she is above leslie bibb you think yes so you think it goes parker posey michelle monaghan carrie coon leslie bibb natasha rothwell no i think bibb is lower than rothwell okay and i think mm, carrie might be higher than michelle actually i don't know maybe not i don't know but the thing is, I'm so destroyed by people. The conversation is is hard. It's hard to distinguish actual who them by, by the conversation, which is like screaming about Carrie Coon in the Gilded Age, which I am actively involved in. I understand that. Michelle's been around too long. And I think Natasha gets above Leslie because Natasha was in season one of fucking White Lotus and was one of the standout characters and also was mm-hmm. on Insecure. I mean, I always forget who Leslie Bibb is, so I'm happy to put put her at the bottom. But I feel weird about putting Michelle. No, yeah, Michelle's over Carrie. I don't want to put Carrie over Michelle. No. Okay, then don't. We can't carry that would over. Be so dis- that would be, Mark Wahlberg would come kill you for insulting his wife in God knows what movie. It's the Apple TV movie where every time you open up Apple TV Plus, it's like, do you want to watch The Family Plan? And you say, no. The Family Plan is a good name for a movie, though. I don't want to watch The Family Plan. Okay, fine. Um, so we did it one more time, top to bottom, who to them, them to who, Parker Posey, Michelle Monaghan, Carrie Coon, Natasha Rothwell, Leslie Bibb. Mm. TBD on if they if they bring Haley Lou Richardson back, we don't know where she'll go. She's not invited back, sorry. No. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. Super important, life-changing question. Would have, could have, should have. Please rank them from who to them. Yes, this was spurred by listening to the Taylor Swift song, Would Have, Could Have, Should Have. Um, thank you so much. Showing whole crunch crunch. Bye. Oh, one of everything really good. Bye. We're ranking Would Have, Could Have, Should Have. The Taylor Swift song? I think of it as the saying. I think of it as should have, could have, would have. Should have, could have, would have. No, but that doesn't make sense. Even though that is the saying, that is not... That doesn't make sense action-wise. In terms of what makes sense in terms of narrative. Taylor's woulda, coulda, shoulda. No, but it should be coulda, shoulda, woulda. If I could, I sh- or When does like I could versus I should versus I would come into play if you're telling a story? I feel like you usually say it when 
you Coulda, shoulda, when woulda. you say no you say i've only said it when it's like well i should have done that would have is always last i think no matter what right no would have is last but what comes first could have or should i think sh- could have and should have are interchangeable because they both have sort of the same meaning like but i think should have is the more powerful one where it's like i should have well that means you could have and you would have well i also but i also feel like before you before you would have you should have then well no first you could have then you should have then you would have yeah i guess that's uh, i guess that's the right they're all about the the idea that like you 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 missed missed chances you know lost chances and regret well we're just talking about the order we're talking about the order that it goes in is this would have is just is this just no but is this who to it's not technically who to them we're just talking about it's them to who no (laughs) you think you <laughs> what <laughs> okay just in terms of frequency of use how about that it doesn't make sense to rank the individual things it makes sense to rank the orders the individual orders is what i think we were just doing okay so what's the themiest order does taylor swift releasing a song called would have could have should have supersede the more traditional usage of interchangeably could have should have end with would have no because i think that like her take on it does not erase thousands of years of colloquial use that I clearly don't remember that well, but it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't take away the original narrative of the thing. You're not would have, could have, should have. Is that what she Mm -hmm. says? Would have. She says would have, could have, should have. But I think that it's more traditionally could have, should have, would have, or should have, could have, would have. It more traditionally just does not begin with would have. Okay. Interesting. When you, oh my God. When, <laughs> when you when you search for should have, which should be mm-hmm. the first one, or well, or the second one, depending on your thing, the result is the Taylor Swift, and they replace it. They go back in; it puts it back into her order. But it's like that's not the right order. Mm-hmm. Here is a Reddit post from one year ago on, from our Taylor Swift. Where is the should have in would have, could have, should have? In the song would have, could have, should have, Taylor explains that things she wishes would have been done and could have been done to prevent the situation, but she never explains the things that should have been done. The only mention of should have is the repeated phrase would have, could have, should have. Would have references, if you would have blinked, then I would have looked away at first glance. I would have stayed on my knees and I damn sure would have, would have danced with the devil. If you never have touched me, I would have gone with the with the righteous. Could have references. If you tasted poison, you could have spit me out mm-hmm. at the first chance. If I never blushed, then they could have never whispered about this. And if you never saved me from boredom, I could have gone on as I was. This made me curious where the should have was. And then I realized it's in Dear John. Oh, my God. I Ugh. hate this. I hate this subreddit. <laughs> She inverted that. That one, someone said she definitely inverted them on purpose, implying that it was inverted. It was a purposeful inversion, which means yeah. she knows that the other versions are themier. But does Taylor Swift inverting the themy one change the the dominance of that phrase? Maybe. Will people start using would have, should have, could have in place of the more previously traditional should have, would have, could have? I think that the answer is probably yes. I hope not. I hope not. I think that she's that uh, powerful. But I don't, Damn. I'm not, I'm not willing to change the ranking yet. I still think woulda, coulda, shoulda is hooier than 
shoulda, woulda, coulda, or coulda, woulda, shoulda. <laughs> woulda's in the middle traditionally, but woulda's never at the beginning traditionally, in my experience. I'm just like, which is first, should've or could've? Mm-hmm. Which one is first? Taylor Swift is already fucking with my brain. And when you search for could've, would've, should've, it gives you it gives you her version. That's the thing is she's erasing. She's erasing the 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 origin. Yeah, I'm what I'm doing is I'm looking up before any of Taylor Swift's songs came out or, or what could have should have came out. I'm doing a Google Trends for would have could have should have should have could have would have and could have should have would have and I'm mm-hmm. seeing which one is used most frequently in like search terms. Mm-hmm. And the one that comes up the most according to these charts. I mean, I can show you I can show you what I got here is should have could have would have and could have should have would have would have could have should have is much less frequent but should have could have would have and could have should have would have are pretty frequent and actually you know what apart from one spike that should have could have would have got in um may of 20 2005 it seems like could have should have would have is the dominant one could have should have would have could have should have would have yeah yeah Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Interesting. Okay. But they all mean the same thing. They all mean the exact same thing. If I had done this differently, or I wish I did this differently. Yeah. If I would have done this differently, I guess it would have been different. Here's a pic of me looking at that graph I just sent you. Shut up. <laughs> it's Shailene, Shailene Woodley, Woodley. On, the, on the cop poster. <laughs> on, the cop, on the cop movie. Okay, interesting. So I think we, I think we definitely didn't do anything here. <laughs> No, I think we we made a we made a sort of gentle assertion. Will I be that saying a Taylor this Swift song more... lyric cannot supersede a very uh, common phrase? Yeah, I mean, I'm still saying shoulda, coulda, woulda. Me too. In, automatically. Yeah. You know, because I do think the most important word in it is shoulda. Mm-hmm. Because I think when you say shoulda, coulda, woulda, it's when you're saying it back to someone who's like. Oh, well, maybe you should have done this or this seems like the right answer. And you're like, well, I should have, could have, would have. Like you're, that's the, that's the, the first word is the most meaningful in the phrasing, which is should have. I should have done this, right? Not mm-hmm. I could do this or I would have done this. It's that you didn't do the thing and you're, and someone's, and someone's telling you or you're realizing this is something I maybe should have done. And you're saying, well, if I, if I, if I would, or if I could, then I, if I, if I did then I did then I would have mm-hmm. or something and, it's true you know so should have is the most is the most valuable word in the thing it's true oh my god <laughs> we did it we did it I feel crazy so which one so that is the themiest one should have is the themiest word uh, yes and and I would say would have is the second themiest because of Taylor Swift, and then could have is the least themiest, even though that's not the order. That that counts. I'm, I'll take it because okay. I can't talk okay. about this anymore. Thank you for listening to another episode <laughs> of Who's tell. There. Keep calling in at 619 Who Then. Believe questions, comments, and concerns for our Friday show. Thank you to Katie and Eric of the Who's for providing our theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and editorializing on all days. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We love your ratings and reviewing. Support us on Patreon.com slash Who Weekly for bonus episodes. It is server commentary tracks and more you can also get the audio only audio only within the apple podcasts app and i think that's it have a great weekend and have a great weekend bye and bye hey. 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 Hey.
if I would or if I could, then I, if I, if I did, then I did, then I would have or something. It's true. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, I'm calling in because I was visiting my family for the new year and we were watching the Dick Clark broadcast and Rita came on screen and my mom turns over and goes, who is that? I mean, I mean, I know she's like a singer, but I just, I don't get who she is. Is she like a singer slash actress? Is she a model? Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know who this, who this woman is. And I laughed and I was like, that, that is, that's truly the million dollar question. Um, happy new year, crunch, crunch, chilling hole. Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy, when I tell you I'm quaking with the responsibility of this call. I hope other hooligans were there. I hope he's just been doing this. But anyway, I just got out of the 7.50 p.m. showing of anyone but you at the Grove in Los Angeles. And I just went by myself. I wasn't expecting anything. But then Glenn Powell was there at the beginning. They did a little spotlight, and he came out and, like, awkwardly said hello for, like, max 30 seconds. Seemed pissed. But the hooiest part of all is that he FaceTimed Sidney Sweeney, who was apparently on a plane, and held the microphone up to the FaceTime call, and she said hello. But it wasn't fun. It was weird. And I felt like he felt lame that he was the one that was there and she was the one on FaceTime. Um, and I didn't like the movie very much. Uh, women do belong in balloons. Agree or disagree? Mean Girl is Tina Fey's uh, Oprah. Wait, sorry. I'm super stoned. Let me start over. Um, <laughs> mean Girls is to Tina Fey what the color purple is to Oprah Winfrey. Therefore, uh, the co- Mean Girls is Tina Fey's the color purple. There was a way I had it in my head, but essentially it's the same thing, and I think that is telling. Crunch, crunch. Hello, everyone. I was just listening to the Collier You're Doing Amazing Sweetie segment from the most recent episode, and it was a person saying that they were fined by the Vatican one year and three months after driving in a non-Vatican city center in Italy, and the same thing happened to me. We were driving in Milan in September of 2022? Yes, September in 2022, and just like three weeks ago, got a 150 euro ticket from the Vatican for this indiscretion. And it's like, this is a conspiracy that I'm actually interested in because what, what is the deal with that? And what are the odds that two people that listen to this podcast both receive fines from the Vatican one year and three months after not even being in the Vatican and driving illegally in Italy? Me in the fucking Vatican. Crunch, crunch, bye. Hi, Bobby Lindsay. Um, a group of us are celeb- or not celebrating, but commemorating um, January 6th uh, by um, eating hibachi dinner at a Benihana. And we also uh, wanted to call and wish Hilaria Baldwin a happy birthday. Feliz cumpleaños, Hilaria! Crunch, crunch. 